Amidst all of this kind of religious ostracization um, from being a, a believer in Albania, the church is growing and people are hungry for the gospel. Hello and welcome to the Word in Action podcast from Bible League International. I'm your host, Michael Woolworth. Evangelical Christians make up a very small part of the population in the country of Albania in Eastern Europe. At times, believers face persecution from members of the majority religion. In pastors, they're often bivocational because churches are unable to pay a living wage. Despite these challenges, my colleagues Jason and Anton saw firsthand that the church is growing in Albania. Albania is a uh, Balkan state in Europe uh, that declared itself atheistic in 1967. Uh, as the former uh, Soviet Union sought to unite people under communistic rule, um, they wanted to eliminate religion from society. But uh, Jason and Anton, you two saw in your visit uh, to Albania in January that uh, really uh, spiritual life, religious life is intact among Christians, Muslims, and others there. Um, talk about what you guys saw in terms of religious life uh, in Albania. We noticed how um, how much the family unit and how much uh, the traditions of their family play an important uh, role in in just everyday life. Uh, as we you know venture outside the city into uh, the rural countryside into the small towns of Albania, you really see that people are dependent upon each other. Families live together. Families support each other, and this plays a major part in uh, just the Muslim influence because. Uh, as families, you are a Muslim family, and so everybody goes along with what the family does. And uh, you see that play out throughout uh, the culture across Albania. Even though there's influences from the neighboring countries, you just really see the importance of family. Yeah, Anton, yeah. Uh, I know you're uh, a student of history, and um, you would you would remind us that Albania became part of the Ottoman Empire in this 15th century. Um, that's yeah. really when Islam began uh, to take off. Um, and today, about 60% of Albanians um, are Sunni Muslims. Um, how is it evident that you two were in a Muslim-majority country? Uh, well, every, everywhere you travel in Albania, you see mosques um, and minarets. So the presence of Islam is really visible, uh, especially in, in the buildings that they have. Uh, like in, in Tirana, the capital, there is a, at this time, the largest mosque in the Balkans is being built there, hmm. right in the center of Tirana, close to the to the parliament buildings, which is a statement like Islam is 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 dominant in this in this nation. We are kind of ruling this country. Hmm. Um, it's, it's not so much in, in the way people dress like you see in the Middle East. Um, they are a little bit more Western in their in their um, clothing. But it's more in in the in the buildings, in the mosques and the minarets and and the the, the Quran schools that you see. Yeah, our focus this month is on uh, the persecuted church. Um, you know, worldwide, one in seven Christians are persecuted simply for believing that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I mean, that's something that's kind of hard for us in America. Maybe that's true for you in the Netherlands, uh, Anton. But to, to understand that many Christians, again, live under some type of persecution um, elsewhere in the world. You know, at times that means that followers of Christ um, will be rejected by their families and communities. It could mean uh, physical harm or local laws that discriminate against Christians. What what levels of persecution did you see or did you hear about um, from uh, believers there in Albania? Anton? Well, the first example that comes to my mind is uh, that the pastor that we uh, we spent some time with in northern Albania told about a girl who was part of the, one of their Bible study groups. I think she was 17 or 16. And all of a sudden, she didn't show up anymore. And then they found out that their parents had married her off to a Muslim man and uncle or something like that. Hmm. Because... He, uh, Parents didn't want their daughter to be 
involved in any Christian activity. So they, they kind of stopped her from going to uh, to the Bible study by just marrying her off. So the, mm. those girls don't have any rights. They don't have any say in that. Uh, so that's just an example of how um, how families, you know, when when you turn against the religion of the family, they will definitely reject you or, or try to persuade you to get back to Islam. Um, also, his church has been, the windows of his church has been uh, smashed. Uh, they, they, they disturb the meetings by making lots of noise during the prayer, prayer meetings and stuff like that. There is vandalism to church buildings, not only in the, in the place that we met, but all over Albania. Um, when they have uh, evangelism events, uh, local imams try to, to stop the people from attending. Uh, they even threaten them. Um, so, yeah, a lot of that is happening also in Albania. Yeah, yeah. One might think that the evidence of persecution, those examples you just gave, Anton, um, and being outnumbered uh, by a majority religion, uh, like you saw there in Albania, that might mean that the Christian community is weak, it uh, lacks influence. But, uh, Jason, you found out the church there is strong. They're reaching Albania for Christ, aren't they? Yeah, there's... Amidst all of this um, kind of religious ostracization um, from being a a believer in Albania, the the church is growing. People are hungry for the gospel. People are open to the gospel. the The pressure comes in because you need to understand, like the the economic situation in the rural parts of Albania. The young people are leaving. Uh, we're seeing. Once people get to around college age, they're either going to Toronto or they're going to work abroad. And so uh, the people that are stayed behind are heavily connected and reliant on their families. When someone in the family commits to the Lord, if not, if everybody in the family is good with that, that's fine. But if not, then there's going to be issues. But even with that, um, you see people coming to church. Their, their family may not be coming to church, but, um, maybe the husband allows it and there's an openness and reception, mm-hmm. especially among the young people in the, in the rural areas. Uh, there's not a lot of extracurricular activities for young people to do. But the churches there are providing services and events for the young people, and it's attracting a lot of them. So a lot Mm. of the times the parents are being influenced through the children because they're seeing the positive change in the child's life. Um, It's something that's keeping them out of trouble and keeping them away from some of the negative influences such as, uh, you know, young people are subject to. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Anton, what did you see? I mean, we again, we talk about persecution, the suggestion that, you know, maybe the church really is weak, uh, it's impotent, it lacks uh, influence. But uh, as Jason said, you, you two found out that's not really the case, is it? No, indeed. Uh, in fact, the pastors that we met, they really have no fear. Mm-hmm. They just go out there, uh, spread the gospel, preach on, on, on uh, town squares. Um, the good thing is, and, and we need to mention that, that evangelical Christianity is officially recognized by the government. Mm. So they are backed by the law. So uh, if an imam comes and says, you, you, you're not, you know, I don't want you to preach here in front of my mosque. And then they just show the paper. Oh, we have, we have permission from the government. Mm. Uh, so you, you cannot stop us. Um, so that helps. But still, um, it, it needs a lot of courage to stand upright as a christian there and they have that courage yeah i think also because it's it's in the dna of, of the christians there to help others so the churches for instance there has been an earthquake uh, recently and churches immediately stepped in and uh, helped people with food with clothing uh, mosques don't do that um, so people start asking questions why, why are you doing that you know, mm. because because we we want to share the love of christ so that's that's what I, that's what attracting people to to christianity uh, yeah. showing the love of christ and yeah. and they the pastor that we met really yeah really are vibrant in showing the love of Christ. Yeah, I love that. 
You two met a Christian couple. I'll throw this out to both of you. Um, that this couple, this Christian couple, is benefiting from uh, help from Bible Aid through Project Philip and Bible supplied by us. What they want to do is introduce Albanians to Christ, right, and to to uh, disciple them to grow in uh, His grace and knowledge. You got, both of you guys, talk talk about your experience with this couple. Tell us their name. Tell us uh, just what what your experience was like with uh, with this couple. Well, we got to meet Pastor Ergus and his wife Elciona. And Pastor Ergus is a young man, not even yet in his 30s. God is using him to transform not only his town, uh, where there was previously no church. Now he's established a church there, but in several of the surrounding villages. Uh, His wife, you know, both of them work full time. Ministry is their is their side um, vocation, but his wife does uh, children's ministry and helps with the ladies in the church. but through this one man who's kind of like a pillar in his community, he's able to now go and take the gospel through Bible League small group Bible studies into the surrounding villages uh, where there is almost always no church. And so his goal is to really to set up a church in these surrounding provinces hmm. uh, and in these surrounding towns uh, so that more people will, will, uh, will know the gospel. Anton. Yeah, one of the the nice features of Pastor Ergus, uh, I think. By the way, he just turned thirty. I thought I saw it on his uh, Instagram. <laughs> That's a side, nice <laughs> on the side. Now. He he works as a prison guard because you know being a pastor doesn't pay, so he needs to uh, to do something besides that. Um, and in prison, it's it's officially not allowed to preach or to share the gospel. But still, people just notice by the way he he acts um, that he has something special. So they come to to him with their with all their questions, with their concerns, everything that they not not only the the, the inmates but also the prison staff. Uh, they come to him, share their their challenges with him, and he 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 uh, ministers to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so even in prison, where it's not allowed, he is he is really being a, a living testimony of Christ. Yeah, that's what typifies Ergus um, amidst all the challenges of life. Uh, it's it's, it's an impoverished country, um, the things with Islam and all the other traditions that that kind of you know are blocking the gospel from from being spread. He he always keeps smiling. He has this, like a big smile on his face all the time, <laughs> no matter what happens. He just radiates the love of Christ, and he often goes door to door, inviting people to join the Bible study. Mm. Um, and so we were in in in, this, in a town uh, named Bull Cheese, and there he. He is now working with two families in, in the, uh, who live in the separate apartments. Uh, and we went there and it was, um, he, mo- he, he motioned us to go inside quickly because people were staring down upon us, uh, you know, with suspicion. Hmm. Um, so the atmosphere was quite negative. But still, we, he went inside and he, he encouraged the people and he was very, he was just, you know, joyful in Christ. And he, he, didn't, he didn't have any fear uh, even in, in such a situation. And I think that's what, uh, what's typical for uh, Ergus and also for his wife, Eljona. Ah, beautiful. So when we'd go to these visits uh, of people that Pastor Ergus was reaching, we would go at dusk and uh, in the evening, and you could see the silhouettes in the windows of the people mm-hmm. looking down to see what was happening. So there's <laughs> very much uh, eyes on Ergus as he does his ministry, uh, but he, he, do, he does it boldly, and he does it carefully, he does it wisely. And uh, as I got a, a chance to ride around, in the car with Ergus as we went to uh, different house churches and different Bible study groups, he would show me as we were driving, I've, I've been to this house, I've been to that, uh-huh. to that house. And he would say, this house rejected me, but this house, they let me, uh, you know, share the gospel. And he, mm. and he just goes one by one through these villages. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. 
Church Planner Training is another Bible League program uh, that's at work at Albania, in Albania. Did you guys see that? Did you see how that's uh, being used, how it's impacting the country? Uh, we saw church planner training and just through the established churches and the pastors that are, um, are, are, are starting churches and villages that don't have a church yet. And most of the, the villages and the towns, there's one mosque per town and very seldom a church. Yeah. And, uh, so through the church planner training, we were able to see, uh, especially in the, um, in the eastern part of the country near Pogradesh, we were able to see villages that had established churches, and these pastors knew how to care for the congregation uh, through Bible League's church planner training. There's one uh, fantastic uh, example of a village where there wasn't even a mosque, but a church planner trained by Bible League had planted the church there. Hmm. And then um, they ca- there were some Muslim missionaries uh, coming there, and they t- told the, pop- the population of the town, uh, we are going to build a mosque here. And then they said, well, we don't need your mosque, we already have a church. So I thought it was a great testimony. Gentlemen, we have uh, traveled together. Jason, you and I were in Thailand. Uh, Anton, you and I were in the Middle East uh, not too long ago. I mean, whenever we travel, our senses are like fully engaged, right? I mean, admiring the beauty of a country, its its people, its culture, um, its history. Uh, Anton, you always seem to find a, a great cup of, uh, you know, strong Turkish coffee or something. But uh, what are some lasting memories that you two left uh, Albania with, Jason? The food in Albania is is amazing, and mm. it's a very important when the ministry partners get together that they share a meal and they break bread together. And the mountains in Albania are absolutely gorgeous. It's uh-huh. it's kind of underrated, um, but to see you know these villages with you know new churches or house Bible studies in the backdrop of these amazing mountains, uh, mm. it's just it's a little bit surreal, but. Those are just some of the things that stand out just from the day to day. But the, the hunger for the gospel is, is evident there, even, even in a European country, especially outside of the city, uh, to see people that are eager to know more about God's word. Yeah. Anton? Yeah. I think, uh, the hospitality of the people in Albania is really outstanding. Even though they don't have, you know, actually anything, they are very poor, uh, living in humble homes, uh, that are very badly maintained. They, warm-heartedly welcome you in and you need to sit on the couch and they have coffee for you um yeah they're very hospitable people and and very friendly and also because they realize that you as western people you know take the effort of coming there meeting with them that's very encouraging to them but also for us as visitors yeah that's a great takeaway for me yeah you know this is uh i mean this is so encouraging today again there's this tendency uh perhaps here in the western world to think that where there's evidence of persecution, the church must be, you know, weak. It must lack influence. But what you're telling us today is through admirable Christians like Ergus and his wife, uh, Eljonia, that uh, the gospel's going forth. People are living out who they are called to be, um, even in the most, uh, you know, difficult of places. Um, guys, in our final a couple of minutes together, t- tell us a, a couple of ways that we can pray for Christians and the work of Bible League there in Albania. First, I would ask to pray for Ergus and his wife. There's been some disconnect between some of the evangelical churches, and Ergus has really kind of called for we need to we need more unity, uh, especially with the evangelism events that they're doing. Mm. Um, and you know, Bible League is providing the the Bibles and the training, but even still, you know, financially, they're in a very hard uh, situation just because the jobs in the rural part of the country are are, are you know they're not really there. So financially, uh, supporting a family and doing ministry with with your vocation. I mean, Ergus doesn't get a lot of sleep at night. He's 
uh, on the go. And he's, he's built for that, but he, he needs mm. our prayers as well. And, uh, we just pray, ask for a prayer for the unity among the evangelical churches in Albania. I mean, it's, you know, one or two percent. It's, it's not yeah. a lot of people, but the, it is growing. And, uh, you know, Bible League is, is a part of that, but they need our prayers. Like Edgus, a lot of pastors uh, face economic hardships, so they need to find a job beside their being a pastor. Um, and that's that's sometimes uh, quite a challenge. So we need to pray for them to, uh, to be able to make ends meet and still also go out and preach the gospel. And, of course, we need to pray for uh, lasting boldness for all of them to, to stay strong amidst the opposition and, and the suspicion that's going on so that they will uh, remain strong uh, witnesses of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, those are very important things we can be praying for, uh, for the church and the work of Bible League there in Albania. It's such an encouragement to hear all that you've shared from your recent trip there. You know, the Lord said, I'm, I'm building my church, and He's doing it through bold Christians like Pastor Ergus and his wife, Eljona, and many others that you encountered uh, on your recent trip there. Friends, thank you for listening and for supporting Bible League with your prayers and financial gifts. Will you follow Bible League on social media? You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can sign up for our e-newsletter and verse of the day and learn more about becoming a monthly sower at BibleLeague.org. That's BibleLeague.org. And let us know how today's program impacted you. Email us at podcast at BibleLeague.org. For the Word in Action podcast, I'm Michael Woolworth.